Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. Governor Ron DeSantis looking to ban a certain type of investing in Florida. He says it violates the financial duty executives have to shareholders. Consumer prices actually rose in December instead of falling like previously thought. What do top officials say? A dramatic rise in home equity loans. Homeowners are increasingly taking advantage of this record level of tappable home equity. What are they using the money for and what are the risks? Someone spent millions on an anti-Tesla Super Bowl ad. Find out who is possibly Tesla's biggest critic. Deep fake news anchors generated by artificial intelligence. Pro-Beijing bots have been pushing them on social media, where they repeat Communist Party narratives. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis today said he's targeting the investment strategy known as ESG. The Corporate Finance Institute describes ESG as a system that shows stakeholders how to sustainably invest based on environmental, social, and governance, or ESG, criteria. However, DeSantis says those criteria are used to inject political ideology into the everyday economy. One of their big targets is domestic energy production. They do not like us producing more oil and gas. Uh, They do not want us to be energy independent. He pointed out that ESG apparently violates the financial duty executives have to shareholders of publicly traded companies. They're supposed to make as much profit as possible by investing in the best available options. Well, what ESG says is, no, we're not going to do, even if it would do a better return, we're not going to allow you to invest in certain areas. You're not allowed to invest in oil and gas. You're not allowed to invest um, in in disfavored areas. So they're constricting the ability of people uh, to invest your money. And obviously that means you're going to not do as well as you otherwise could have. Sometimes people will try to say that you do better with this. But that doesn't make any sense because if you don't have ESG, you can invest in green stuff if it's profitable. There's no restriction on that. The governor has announced a number of proposals for the next legislative session. He wants to block ESG investment decisions at the state and local level. He wants to eliminate consideration of ESG factors by officials when issuing bonds and ban the financial sector from considering so-called social credit scores. The next legislative session will be held in March. Newly released data shows December consumer prices rising from the month before instead of falling as previously thought. When the Bureau of Labor Statistics released the raw data, prices were down one-tenth of a percent last month. But after the agency recalculated for seasonal factors, including weather events, holidays, the consumer price index went up one-tenth of a percent in December. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen have both urged people not to read too much into any one data point, but instead look at a variety of measurements over a longer time period. The January CPI numbers are scheduled to be released tomorrow. And homeowners are increasingly tapping their equity. According to data from TransUnion, more than 330,000 home equity loans were taken out in the third quarter last year. That's about a 47% increase from the same quarter in 2021. 
Years of rising home values have made home equity a tempting option. Banks also granted over 400,000 home equity lines of credit in the third quarter. This is up 41% from a year earlier. The rise in taking out home equity loans is part of a general increase in using credit. This as high prices for necessities like food and gas squeeze households. TransUnion said credit card balances climbed to a record high of $931 billion in the fourth quarter of 2022. That's a nearly 19% increase from a year earlier. And now joining me is Ted Rossman, Senior Industry Analyst at Bankrate.com. Now, Ted, we're seeing an increase uh, in home equity loans. Now, this is amid an uncertain uncertain economic environment. Are you seeing that uh, at Bankrate.com? And could you explain to us why this is? We are, yeah. There's been high demand for home equity loans and lines of credit because a lot of people are sitting on increased home equity. So that's a positive. A lot of people have money that they can tap. Now, of course, the downside is people need extra money because the cost of living has gone up with high inflation. People are doing renovations, looking to pay for them. All types of loans have gotten more expensive over the past year as the Fed has pushed rates higher. So a lot of people are tapping their home equity. And at bankrates.com, what are you seeing? What are people using the money for? Home improvements and consolidating credit card debt are probably the two most common explanations. Now, the home improvement one is interesting because mortgage rates have gone up so much that a lot of people are finding it preferential to stay put rather than move. You know, if you locked in a mortgage rate in the three or four percent range a couple of years ago, there's not a ton of incentive to move right now. So some people are saying, you know what, let's just redo the kitchen or add a bathroom or whatever it is and, and stick around. Now, maybe that makes sense. I mean, it may be cheaper and easier than moving and building equity is always a good thing. I mean, maybe these projects are adding value to your home. Uh, the credit card one also, I mean, it does make sense mathematically to pay 8% rather than 20. Although I would say there, you might even be able to do better still. Maybe get a 0% balance transfer card, or you could get a personal loan as low as about 6 or 7%. If you have good credit, that would be unsecured debt. So I guess the, in my view, the home equity loan makes more sense for home improvements than it does for consolidating credit card debt. I think there are probably better alternatives with credit card debt payoff. Right, right. And I'd like to further ask you whether this is a good idea, because uh, with the Fed increasing rates, uh, we know they're going to end up somewhere around 5%, maybe even higher if the labor market uh, stays strong. So is this a good idea? Right now, the average interest rate for a home equity loan or line of credit is in the high sevens, usually something like 7.8, 7.9%. That's gone up quite a bit. So on a $50,000 loan, the interest rate hikes we've seen over the past year have pushed that monthly payment up by about $200 a month. So it is significant. In general, home equity loans and lines of credit make me a little nervous because you're putting your house on the line. So, you know, it may be advantageous from an interest rate standpoint to trade your 20% credit card debt for, let's say, an 8% home equity loan. I mean, there are some positives to doing that. And when it comes to how to fund a home improvement, this can be a I don't want to say inexpensive because rates have gone up, but maybe a less expensive product than some alternatives, um, relatively easy to get. You definitely want to think long and hard about the, the risk associated with putting the house on the line and also the interest rate. So as we mentioned earlier, it varies from person to person, but 
If someone is thinking about taking out a home equity loan, how do they decide? What, what, what factors do they have to consider? I think it's important to think about the interest rate, any fees that might be involved. How large is the loan? Are you going to be able to pay it off ahead of schedule, potentially? I mean, that would be great to limit the overall interest expense. Home equity lines of credit have adjustable rates. So if the Fed keeps pushing rates higher, your rate's going to go up further. We think most of the damage has been done there, but you know that's another thought about maybe fixing your rate with a home equity loan. Even if you have an existing HELOC, you might be able to ask your lender to freeze that balance and freeze that rate and convert into more of a loan as opposed to a line of credit. But I, I think the general rules of the road here are, what's your rate? What's your term? How long are you going to be there? Is this project going to be additive to your home value and your lifestyle? That sort of thing. All right. Thank you very much for your insight today, Ted. Pleasure having you. Thanks for having me. On Wall Street, stocks ended higher today. The Dow rose 377 points, or 1.1 percent. S&P gained 47 points, also 1.1 percent. NASDAQ added 174 points, 1.5 percent. There are many critics of Tesla's full self-driving function out there, but one man may have catapulted himself to the number one spot by spending millions of dollars on an anti-Tesla Super Bowl ad. NTD Sean Marshall has more. Someone hates Tesla's FSD or full self-driving software so much that he's taken his campaign to Super Bowl advertising. Tesla full self-driving will run down a child in a school crosswalk. Most 30-second ad spots cost between $6 million and $7 million, according to Fox Sports. And a group called The Dawn Project has taken it that far. The ad shows an assortment of alleged incidents with a Tesla in self-driving mode making deadly driving mistakes. Hit a baby in a stroller. Elon Musk replied to the ad on Twitter with a laughing emoji. Tesla had already sent The Dawn Project a cease and desist letter for a similar ad last year. Paid for by the Dawn Project. The letter refuted all of the campaign's claims, doubled down on Tesla's commitment to safety, and called into question the Dawn Project's methodology. The Dawn Project was founded by Dan O'Dowd, who might just be Tesla's biggest critic. He is CEO of Green Hill Software, which has a competing automated self-driving software, which Musk in the past called a pile of trash in a tweet. A side fact about O'Dowd is that he's a Democrat who ran for the U.S. Senate in California, but lost in the primary election. And O'Dowd isn't alone in his attacks on Tesla FSD. Tesla has been criticized, investigated, and sued in Germany for falsely marketing the capabilities of its automated driving systems, but the company won that case. The Don Project wants the National Highway Safety Administration and the California Department of Motor Vehicles to require Tesla to turn off FSD until all the alleged safety defects are fixed. O'Dowd's future projects include full-page ads in Politico and running additional TV ads in Washington, D.C. Sean Marshall, NTD News. The White House is confirming that a spy balloon program linked to China's military targeted the United States and its allies for espionage. U.S. National Security Spokesperson John Kirby acknowledged the program at a White House briefing today. We were able to determine that China has a high-altitude balloon program for intelligence collection that's connected to the People's Liberation Army. We know that these PRC surveillance balloons have crossed over dozens of countries on multiple continents around the world. 
including some of our closest allies and partners. He did say these balloons so far provided, quote, limited additive capabilities to the Chinese regime's intelligence gathering. But if left unchecked, it could be of value to them in the future. Since shooting down the Chinese spy balloon on February 4th, the United States has shot down three more unidentified flying objects in the U.S. and Canadian airspaces. Kirby said that the new objects were much smaller and it's still unclear what they are. These other three, they didn't have propulsion, they weren't being maneuvered, it was basically they were being, being driven uh, by, the, by the wind. We don't think, we don't, we don't know for sure whether they had a surveillance aspect to them, but we can't rule it out. Secretary of State Antony Blinken first acknowledged China's balloon surveillance program last Wednesday. At that time, he also said the U.S. was working to provide intelligence to dozens of other countries affected by the regime's espionage efforts. According to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Washington should look at fully banning TikTok. Here he is yesterday on ABC's This Week. It's something that should be looked at. We do know there's Chinese ownership of uh, the company that owns TikTok. And so there are some people in, in the Commerce Committee that are looking into that right now. We'll see, we'll see where they come out. The popular video sharing app has drawn harsh criticism over its Chinese owner ByteDance. That's amid fears that the company could be giving U.S. user data over to Beijing. Lawmakers have introduced multiple bills in recent days taking aim at the app. More than 25 states have borrowed the app from government-managed devices and several universities have ousted it from their campus Wi-Fi networks. TikTok's CEO is scheduled to appear before the House Energy and Commerce Committee on March 23rd. Now, we're all aware that there's misinformation on social media, but tonight, a new way to spread falsehoods. A research firm has identified realistic appearing newscasts featuring AI-generated newscasters disparaging the United States. They're called deepfakes, and interestingly, the content of what they're saying is distinctively aligned with the Chinese regime's messaging. Here's the story. Hello, everyone. This is Wolf News. I'm Alex. On first glance, these look like news anchors. And the top leaders of China. On second glance, you might notice something uncanny. The two heads of state exchange. And how their voices don't align with their mouth movements. That's because they aren't real people. They're deep fake avatars made with artificial intelligence. It's unclear who's behind this. But last year, pro-China bot accounts sent them out over Twitter and Facebook. But this is the first time we've seen footage of an entirely fictitious fake person used in a politically motivated influence operation. This particular set of videos was promoted by an operation that we call Spamouflage, which we've been tracking since at least 2019, um, and routinely amplifies narratives that align with Beijing's strategic interests. Research firm Graphica issued a report on this broader campaign that says in part, more videos portrayed the U.S. in a negative light than focused on any other theme, presenting it as a law-breaking, hegemonistic, racked by civil strife, and failing in the fight against COVID-19. This meeting is of great significance. They pushed China's geopolitical agenda. Gun violence has killed nearly 40,000 people. And exposed America's shortcomings. 
The U.S. National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence says AI is deepening the threat posed by cyber attacks and disinformation campaigns that Russia, China, and others are using to infiltrate our society, steal our data, and interfere in our democracy. Hey there, I'm Anna. Hey there. I'm Jason. And these fake news anchors, they were made with technology from British artificial intelligence company Synthesia. Synthesia's website shows its technology is mainly used for corporate training and marketing videos. The company said in a statement to CNN, the recent videos that emerged are in breach of our terms of service and we have identified and banned the user in question. Graphico says these news anchor deepfake videos are low quality and did not get a lot of traction on social media. To build a better world with artificial But this technology is spreading rapidly around the world. A few years ago, a Chinese tech firm made this deepfake video of then-President Donald Trump speaking Mandarin as a demonstration to promote their company's technology at a Beijing conference. Chinese state media has even created a whole team of AI news anchors. They're showing it off as a novel new technology that can mass-produce shows with these anchors that can work 24-7. The proliferation of deepfake videos makes it dramatically harder to combat disinformation. Experts say its use by foreign and criminal actors will only grow, bending our reality. And the crypto crackdown continues. A major regulator has terminated any new issuance of one of Binance's cryptocurrencies. This decision could have a big impact on other exchanges as well who also have their own currencies. This could also impact the broader crypto industry in general. So now there will be no new issuances of Binance USD or BUSD for short. This is one of its staple coins. Stable coins are a type of cryptocurrency that have a more stable value often because the value is tied to the value of normal currency, in this case, the U.S. dollar. Since no new BUSD coins will be created, this may hurt the product. People may become less confident about it, and this could lead to a reduction in demand, making it less popular. We spoke to a Binance user, Slava Demchuk. He's also the founder of crypto firm AMLBot and has advised the Ukrainian government on crypto-related matters. He tells us that this news harms the entire industry. Binance is the largest platform uh, in, in the crypto space and any news related to Binance rippled all over the uh, crypto space and especially bad news. It's just uh, like a general atmosphere, like some funds stop investing, some companies um, uh, became, uh, some companies cut their budget on marketing, on everything uh, w when such a, a news appeared. Many crypto exchanges have their own tokens. For example, FTX had its FTT token, Coinbase had the Coinbase token, Kraken had the Kraken token. You get the idea. We talked to another Binance user, Philip Lord. He told us that these smaller firms are taking note of what's happening to Binance because it sets a precedent for future regulation. It would certainly make others uh, more scared of the situation. With CZ, I think it's an easy target. He's the world's largest exchange with the largest amount of user base, one of the most profitable exchanges ever known to man, um, and has got world domination, and he's a big uh, thought leader in the space. So... I think it's uh, an easy target for um, yeah, politicians and regulators to have a swing at. 
Binance created the BUSD stablecoin with fellow crypto firm Paxos. Paxos is responsible for issuing and redeeming the coin. Paxos announced today it's officially ending its relationship with Binance in regards to the BUSD stablecoin. It's unclear why regulators are going after Binance's BUSD stablecoin. They say it's because of several unresolved issues related to Paxos' oversight of its relationship with Binance, but they don't explain what those issues actually are. Regulators may want Binance to register their BUSD stablecoins as securities, but many believe stablecoins aren't securities. Binance CEO CZ retweeted on Twitter, how on earth is a stablecoin considered a security and that no one has ever had the expectation of profit when buying BUSD? The expectation of profit is generally accepted as a key trait of a security. We got insights from Paz Gomez, a market analyst at Econ Americas, who studies the digital currency space. She raises the possibility that these, gov- these enforcement actions may be linked to the emergence of governmental digital currency, also known as CBDC. Gomez believes governments may see stablecoins as a threat. They're similar to CBDCs because their value is tied to the government's money. I think it's very, very related to the fact that uh, CBDCs are emerging um, because now regulators have uh, other challenges in front of them. They have now to see how regulation, how policies, and how the monetary system as a whole is going to work uh, in a digital, in a completely digital system in, in which you don't have anymore the monopoly of money. Meanwhile, regulators are monitoring Paxos closely. Now remember, Paxos is responsible for issuing and redeeming the BUSD. The regulators want to make sure it's capable of giving customers their money back in line with compliance rules. Taking a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, a robot escaping work at a supermarket in Pennsylvania. What does the store have to say? And lawmakers in Alabama trying to protect workers from forced microchipping. Why the new bill? That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. North American companies that are struggling to hire workers brought in more robots last year than ever before. The robot hiring boom comes amid the tightest labor markets in decades. North American firms ordered just over 44,000 robots in 2022. The Association for Advancing Automation says that's an 11% increase over the previous year and a new record. More than half of last year's orders came from automakers and their suppliers. Now, speaking of robots, one recently escaped a grocery store in eastern Pennsylvania. Marty, the robot, uses cameras and scanners to check for out-of-stock items at a giant food store. But apparently it was tired of working. A viral video on social media shows Marty escaping the store and strolling through the parking lot. An employee eventually pushed him back inside. It's unclear why the robot rolled off the job. The supermarket told local media that Marty was just on a fresh air break. How would you feel about being forced to be 
microchipped for work. Alabama state lawmakers want to ban employers from doing that. Microchipping is implanting a device under the skin. It can then transmit personal information to other devices. State Democrats have introduced a bill that would make it a felony to force anyone to get the device implanted for work. State Congressman Prince Chestnut told a local news outlet he got the idea after reading about a Wisconsin company that offered microchipping to employees to unlock doors and laptops. Chestnut said he doesn't know of any Alabama companies that have tried to microchip workers, but the bill seemed like a good thing to do. If the bill passes, Alabama will join a few other states that have banned employees from requiring workers to be microchipped. And that's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.